0: Welcome to the West Steps, a podcast from the Colorado Children's Campaign that explores issues that impact Colorado kids and families. I'm your host, Beza Tedes. Welcome to the West Steps. Bill, long time no see. How's it going? Good to chat
1: again, Beza. I'm good.
0: Yeah? Um, So this season we're going to talk a lot on the, this podcast about preschool early childhood um but I think before we jump in into this specific conversation about workforce I wonder if you can give us some more information about the landscape of childhood in Colorado and and then take the conversation from there
1: yeah great um you know, the first five years of a child's life are just the, the time when the foundation's laid. And at the same time, uh, we have 400,000 children under the age of six in Colorado, and two-thirds of the parents who have children under the age of six uh, are working. Uh, meaning that if it's a single-parent home, the parent works. If it's a two-parent home, both parents work. So child care, preschool, um, the care of children outside the home is the reality for most families today, and particularly working families. Mm-hmm. And so the question is, how do we make sure those experiences in those first few years set the foundation and are really positive going forward?
0: Mm-hmm. So, you know, you, you're going to talk to us a little bit about um, – the issue of workforce and what this year's legislate, legislation is going to do for that. Why, why target workforce?
1: I think that it has in some ways been the missing piece of the conversation when it comes to high quality early care and education. If you care about quality, you have to be thinking about, do we have all the supports we need for our educators to do the best they can with children? Mm -hmm. If you care about affordability, why is childcare so expensive or why is preschool so expensive? 70 to 80% of a childcare or preschool provider's budget is personnel. And so if we're not thinking about what are the supports there and what's driving costs there and how do we make sure that people can afford it, um, we're missing the boat if we're not talking about workforce. Mm -hmm. And I think the last is Accessibility. We hear these stories of families waiting for months on wait lists for access to childcare uh, for their children. And when we talk to providers, why don't you have more infant classrooms or why don't you offer more childcare? What they tell you over and over is we are facing a crisis level shortage of professionals willing to do this work. So workforce is the linchpin of access, quality, and affordability. In so
0: childcare. it sounds like Colorado has a lot of young families and those families more often than not are working families. And then we have this issue of workforce where they just, there is no way to hire more people because it's such hard work. So you have um, a policy in this legi- in this year's legislation. Can you talk to us a little bit about what that policy does? Yeah,
1: I'm just so excited about this bill. <laughs> it's um, it's a bipartisan bill that came out of an interim commission. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been carried in the House by Representative Jim Wilson uh, from Chief Great e advocate County. From Great uh, advocate for, for young children.
0: Full-day kindergarten. Yep,
1: um, our champion on full-day kindergarten. And Representative Emily Sirota, mm-hmm. who's in her second year in the legislature from here in Denver, Mm -hmm. and then Senate is being carried by Senator Story, uh, who's a Jefferson County uh, Senator. And so it's nice to have both geographic representation and bipartisan support. That's awesome. And it really came out of a really authentic process. We partnered with the Women's Foundation of Colorado Mm -hmm. to really think about what would it take to better support Pathways to the Classroom for Early Care and Education Professionals, and the supports they need to recruit and retain them to to stay there. So it's a pretty comprehensive approach to the sort of pipeline issues that the early care and education workforce is facing.
0: That's exciting. So, in this legislation, and I'm assuming since Colorado hasn't been, you know, historically um, similar to a lot of states, we haven't invested in our early childhood, and and now we are having to come at it from so many different directions. And I was hoping that you can talk to us a little bit about who you think benefits from this legislation and where the limitations lie.
1: Yeah, there's great beneficiaries, and there's also a whole bunch of things it doesn't do. (laughs) Um, So this is not a uh, silver bullet, one shot and we're done. We're going to have to keep at this agenda supporting this vital segment of our workforce going forward. But I will say that... the bill really does three things, and I should be clear, it's House Bill 1053, for okay. those who wants to dig in a little bit more deeply. Mm-hmm. One, it tries to streamline qualification pathways to the classroom for our aspiring early childhood educators. Mm-hmm. We just have built too many barriers to entry, quite honestly, um, and we have to make sure we have a high standard and, and robust qualifications, and at the same time, some of the paperwork burden, the multiple state agency oversight of these professionals, mm-hmm. um, the ability to grow your own educators, and to partner with high schools and community colleges, we have to make those partnerships and pathways more accessible.
0: So yeah. that, that one thing, and we'll talk about the next Course. two, but that one is trying to make Entry to the the this profession a little bit uh, less burdensome,
1: less burdensome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, uh, the second is uh, establishing a scholarship and grant program focused on recruitment. And retention. Okay. So we have evidence-based scholarship programs like the Teach Scholarship that has a wonderful history in Colorado and nationally that does a great job of uh, recruiting and retaining educators. We also know that our Institutes of Higher Education – community colleges, four-year institutions that want to help create pathways for people at times need support. Mm -hmm. And then we also hear from local communities about they have creative pathways that they're developing, whether it's a child development associate, a partnership with a community college where you can do online and blended learning, Mm -hmm. and just need some resources to be able to get those professionals to be able to afford tuition and cover costs. So it tries to have a flexible but uh, responsive scholarship and grant program Mm -hmm. that isn't one size fits all. Mm -hmm. Um, And again, those two pieces where there's funding available for recruiting and funding available for retaining. One of the things we hear from educators is I want to be treated like a professional. And for me, that might mean coaching others and becoming a mentor teacher and uh, being able to have uh, release time to be able to collaboratively develop lesson plans and uh, that takes time and time oftentimes translates to money in a profession that's so human capital intensive. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So making those dollars available for those creative solutions around scholarships. and.
0: Do you happen programs. to know how long these professionals tend to stay in these jobs? Um, it seems to me that it's such an important job for our families and kids um, yet we've seen very little investments.
1: Yeah. Turnover is a huge challenge. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, our partners at Early Milestones Colorado led an analysis of the early care and education workforce a couple of years ago, released a por- report in 2017, and they found that more than 70 percent of child care center directors said a top challenge was finding qualified staff Wow! and with an average of two and a half months to fill open positions. Wow,
0: that's so a long time. That's, <laughs> and
1: think about this, the ripple effects yeah. of those two and a half months. That's two and a half months that a family can't find child care so they can work. Mm-hmm. That's two and a half months that uh, the other teachers in that child care facility are trying to string it together and make ends meet um, and cover Uh, classrooms. And I think when we think about why does early care and education matter so much, it's very much for us at the Children's Campaign about the child Mm -hmm. and child development. But it's also about the family. And this is about a way to support families who have economic aspirations of their own. They want to rejoin the workforce, but childcare as a barrier to doing that. And we think about what does it mean for communities? Uh, If you are in a lot of the communities like we have where we have unemployment rate of 2% in some Mm -hmm. counties in Colorado. we don't have the workforce, the labor force to make the engine of our economy run. And I think in many ways, labor force participation, and because of the gendered history of caregiving responsibilities, women's labor force participation Mm -hmm. is closely tied to whether we have affordable, accessible child care and preschool. Mm -hmm. And uh, if we don't start thinking about the workforce, we're not going to get the job done.
0: Yeah. And I was wondering if you can just uh, finish that last point this legislation would um, try to get at.
1: The third thing it does is establishes an uh, an apprenticeship program for aspiring early childhood educators. Mm -hmm. We oftentimes think about apprentices, apprenticeship models in uh, career and technical education Mm -hmm. or career pathways of moving from high school to uh, a technical sort of field. Yeah. We're learning a lot here in Colorado. We do have an apprenticeship program run out of Red Rocks Community College, and it's having wonderful results. It's Mm. just really small in scale. Okay. And when we look at other states and what they're doing with apprenticeships, and and the model of apprenticeship is some mixture of on-the-job training, uh, rewards for skill gains, and this whole idea of earn while you learn. Yeah,
0: that's awesome. And in a
1: profession that does not pay adequately, we can't necessarily expect Expect people to come out of the workforce, go get their degree, and then go back and earn. Less than $15 an hour to do this work. Whereas an apprenticeship model has this sort of cohort experience where mm-hmm. you're working alongside professionals, mm-hmm. you're being mentored, you get a combination of on the job and classroom and compensation for increased uh, gains in skills. So it's a really promising practice, I think, for the early care and education sector as well.
0: That's very exciting. And I just want to um, go back to that earlier point about what this bill does not do because I think, um, you know, there's no civil. Bu- bullet on here and the problem is large and it requires a lot of um, very clever and creative solutions. So what are some of the other um, issue areas in, in early childhood education that um, we will see kind of see some kind of solution this legislative session.
1: Well, I don't know if we're going to get there on a solution to what I think is really kind of coming at the core. It's not the only issue, but at the core is compensation. Mm-hmm. We can create these more streamlined pathways to the classroom, reduce the burden, uh, support people obtaining the credentials they need, uh, cohort apprenticeship models. But at the end of the day, if we're not putting more money into early care and education, we're not going to see salaries rise the way they need to Mm -hmm. in order to make sure people can have a living income to do this work and retain them uh, for the long term and this be a viable career pathway. So compensation f- is is the next big step, I it's think. It's
0: going to be the conversation we're going to have um, right. in the next couple of years. So um, just to wrap up before we get into how people can get involved in this, what are some of the other um, early childhood education policies that we're probably going to talk about on this podcast that you anticipate from the 2020 session.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm really excited uh, to have a conversation about early childhood mental health Mm -hmm. and social-emotional development. Yeah. Another bill that came out of the commission uh, being led by Rep. Julie McCluskey in the House um, and Senator Brittany Pedersen in the Senate is focused on how do we get the supports to the professionals who are working with young children Mm -hmm. in understanding social-emotional development and what they can do to support Children in the classroom. It's a research-based strategy to reduce suspensions and expulsions. Something wow, we talked something a little bit more, more talked about. about. This? Yeah. And when we talk to those early care and education professionals, certainly compensation needs to be addressed. But responding to children whose behaviors can be difficult to manage, mm-hmm. uh, and the stress associated with. The, the, the young children in yeah. our lives yeah. uh, and consultation is really a positive support so there's a bill coming on that we're really excited about we're going to have a big conversation about access including yeah. access to preschool yeah. the governor's budget has some robust proposed investments in both preschool and child care that we're really excited about mm-hmm. um And and family child care is another area we, we I think, are going to have a big conversation about as a state and making sure that family child care is a viable field Mm -hmm. because we know a lot of infant care is provided in family child care homes.
0: That's very exciting. I think, you know, I think Colorado is moving in the right step here. We have a really good opportunity to make really good changes for early childhood in Colorado. So how can people get involved and get their voices heard and bring these issues up to the legislator from their communities?
1: Yep. You know, um, you know as well as anyone, Beza, because (laughs) you make it happen is our Friday newsletter, our Kids Flash, making sure folks are signed up for Kids Flash. They can access that on our website where we do our Friday capital updates. We include Action alerts um, to bring people's attention. I will say uh, February 4th, mm-hmm. which is a Tuesday at 1.30 in house education, there are four early childhood bills up that day, including the one we talked about today, supporting the early care and education workforce. That's yeah, February, so February 4th. So February 4th, 1.30, if folks are interested in testifying, uh, want to learn more about the bills, I would encourage them to reach out to me directly mm-hmm. uh, and um, make sure they're getting our updates via our newsletter so that they can raise their voice on behalf behalf of our children and our early childhood educators.
0: Excellent. Thank you so much, Bill, and uh, I'm sure this is not the last time we're going to talk this I'm session. looking forward to it. All right. Thank you. Thanks, Beza. Very exciting news. The West Steps has its first ever sponsor, and I have uh, one of my coworkers here to help, me up with, to help me with the copy ad. So Tara, who's our first sponsor? Beza. Support for this episode is provided by Effect, a Denver-based digital agency that helps campaigns win elections. Win elections. We like winning elections. Yes, EFFECT supports outstanding candidates and initiatives focused on winning their elections in order to positively transform communities. Very related to the children's campaign uh, mission. So we like EFFECT. Where can people go find them? You can learn more at EFFECT.org. That's E-F-F-C-T dot O-R-G. Thank you. podcast was brought to you by the colorado children's campaign to support our work please visit at coloradokids.org and i'll see you next week